You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello there and welcome back to Faster, More Intense, a Star Wars podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and uh, I've got uh, yet another special guest this week uh, joining me. We've got Danielle, uh, fan fiction writer extraordinaire, uh, and uh, and and the the uh, the 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 port in the in the Raylo storm uh, that that I found <laughs> uh, when I stepped on it. I thank you, Danielle, for for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we actually initially had this conversation about you coming on the podcast way back in January yeah. when when everything kind of went down. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but we're, we're, we're going to get into it. That's our main topic. We're going to get into it. Um, but uh, uh, it's been, a, yeah, it has been a long time coming. It's been, it's been a, it's been a big buildup to this moment, uh, primarily because we, we kind of just got caught up in the, in the, um, in the Clone Wars of it all and, and getting through that. And then, uh, and then I don't know, I don't know uh, if it's affected your life. Uh, but there's this global pandemic happening, and uh, it <laughs> well, I stay messed... at home. I stay at yeah. home with my kids, so it's it's kind of normal for me. The only difference oh, yeah. is they haven't been in school. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So you've got a lot more. Of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of, that kind of delayed the return of, of faster, more intense. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, like I just I just get lazy. But uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you're like, come on in, and I'm like, sure, and then I was left in the breeze. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we've got you on the podcast now, finally, uh, and uh, and you know, I'm gonna tell everybody that uh, even based on our preamble before we started recording, this is gonna be a good episode, and you're definitely gonna be coming back on a regular basis. So Sweet. I'm excited <laughs> uh, to to get into it. But before we do. Um, just want to talk about like really the only news for this week, which is that uh, the the Doctor Afra um, audio drama, I guess, because it's not a book, right? Like it's it's an adaptation of the comic. Yeah, from what I understand, is it's pretty much her story uh, adapted from the comic to an audio drama, like you said, kind of like the Dooku Jedi Lost kind yeah. of thing, um, which I think is really cool because the only comics I've uh, I've really read is Poe Dameron and. Uh, uh, Knights of Ren, and then the 
run up to Rise of Skywalker was the Allegiant comics. Mm -hmm. So I never read the Vader. I never got Aphra. But I always heard good things. And so this will be a great starting point for me to get to know the character. Because I've heard a little bit about her. And she sounds really interesting. Aphra is a cool character. I, I, um, I was reading the Vader stuff. Um, not right when it came out, cause I, cause I, I definitely read the first one in trade paperback, uh, mm. when it, when that, f- when that first was released, like as soon as the trade paperback, cause I remember it was like, I think it was like three weeks in a row that it was like the star Wars volume one princess Leia and then Darth Vader, all of like the trade paperbacks all got released. I don't like buying single issues. A, because of the financial aspect of it. It's like paying $5 a week here in yeah. Canada. Um, it's it, like, it, they are not, I guess, a month, right? But but with Star Wars, right. there's at least four ongoing series at any time. Yeah, so I like get $5 mine. a week, sometimes more. It's I would rather wait for the trade, which was about $15 to $20, get it all, right? The six yeah. issues or whatever. Get yeah, I, w- I was getting it um, on my Kindle, and... It, like each issue and I think it was yeah like four or five bucks it yeah. wasn't cheap <laughs> I had to justify it to myself before I did it yeah um <laughs> I so so I I read the first volume of Vader Vader uh, Princess Leia's comic didn't continue past that six issues which was mm. disappointing to me because I was actually of that initial those three comics that that first came out when Marvel started doing the the Star Wars stuff again the Princess Leia one was my favorite of those three, um, but I, uh, but the Vader one was also great. So I picked up the second volume when that came out, <clears throat> but then I dropped off of it um, for whatever reason, and uh, and it wasn't until later that I went back. But but when I first got Marvel Unlimited, I went back and and uh, and read through the first volume of Doctor Aphra. So. I think that I have a pretty good sense of, of the content that's that's in the, the audio drama. I haven't really read up too much on it. To be honest, it kind of caught me by surprise. It was like, I think I heard about it maybe a week or two ago. Um, and then, and now it's out. And I've already, I'm, I've downloaded it onto my phone. So I'm going to gonna give it a listen. Um, it's only five hours, so it's not too bad oh. compared to, to some of the novels can be upwards of eight or nine. So yeah um if it's cool. the what the the uh alphabet squadron ones uh you're you're looking at uh let's see what's alphabet squadron it's 13 hours and 46 minutes for Shadowfall, <laughs> which like oh, gosh. I, i've talked about it a bit on the podcast uh the the first alphabet squadron book uh i i did end up enjoying by the time i was done but it was like the first eight hours of it were rough uh-huh. stuff uh, and that, but then it, but then it, it, it once the team's all assembled, it's, it starts to get good. Um, I started listening to Shadowfall and very quickly was like, oh my god, it's gonna be another slow build up to whatever the heck this story is about. Um, so I, so I haven't continued, but I'll listen to Afra first because I think it'll be quick. I had a similar experience when uh, going through Aftermath, uh, mm. all the Aftermath yeah. novels. The first one, I was kind of like. Uh, and then as soon as we got into the second one, I was like, boom, we are going through this. Yes. <laughs> I do. I have to get back to Aftermath for sure because I listened to the first one. Um, and and <laughs> there's a funny thing about that because uh, when you listen to the first Aftermath, it came out before The Force Awakens. Mm. And uh, 
And Temin is painted as a very specific character. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then at some point they retconned it, and Snap becomes Temin Wexley, right? Y- yep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hold up, hold up, because that now that character ex- is <laughs> that was my exact reaction. Totally I was like, wait, different. Not Snap. <laughs> totally different. Um, and then, and then the Poe Dameron comic comes out because like. Snap in in the Force Awakens, I could care less, right? He is he's he's not even wedge status in the Force mm. Awakens. It's not until it's not until the comic, the Poe Dameron comic comes out, that you're like, oh, this guy is Snap is Poe's best friend, basically, right? Like he's like right, that's his yeah. he's his right hand guy, like he's his wingman, um, and and they have a they have a very uh, uh, specific relationship. Um, the, the movies don't give you any of that. So when he dies no. in Rise of Skywalker, it's like... I was so heartbroken to hear that, too. Yeah. You know, I had I had went through the whole aftermath, and I absolutely fell in love with him, and I, yeah. I loved making that connection. Oh, this is this guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then I read what happens to him, and I'm like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I... I look. I hold out hope, and 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 we're gonna talk about fan fiction uh, at some point during this episode. But I hold out hope that that somebody will go like, no, it Snap didn't deserve to die unceremoniously. Wedge <laughs> made it through all three of the original trilogy. He's still alive in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. He makes it through that battle too. Snap deserves the same the same treatment. And I, I want I want there to be like a Poe Dameron comic that picks up after Rise of Skywalker, that mm-hmm. because like in the comic, and then uh, and then subsequently in in uh, Resistance Reborn, like he's he's married right like he uh, oh, yeah shoot, what's her name uh, See, something with say... a K right yeah like, yeah. Uh, uh, I want to say Car, but I don't think that's it. Yeah, no, that's my daughter's name, so I would remember that. Oh, there um, you go. <laughs> uh, but it's very close to that. It's very close to that. Um, so, like, like, and and she's part of Black Squadron, and it's like, they, like, yeah, like they they flesh out Black Squadron into this whole thing. None of those characters are featured in Rise of Skywalker. That's a completely other thing. See, I should know her name. I literally had like her in my first fan fiction for like a split second. Like, yeah. I should know this. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where I'm like I'm talking about how important this character is, but I don't remember her name. Um, it's one of she's important. It's one of those things with the comic books, I think, where it's like it's not people don't say each other's names a lot. Yeah. Whereas like in books, it's it's a little bit more like so and so said, so and so responded, right? But yeah, so you get you get to know the names a little bit better. But um, uh, in any case, like like they give him this whole rich story, and really actually made me kind of like Snap as a character. Oh yeah. So so I need to go back and I need to to do the other two aftermath books. Um, For Mr. Bones's sake, man. For Mr. Bones. <laughs> but here's the thing is that like Mr. Bones and and Roger from the Freemaker Adventures, they were created around the same time. Right? Have you oh, watched okay. Freemaker Adventures? Mm-mm. Okay, it's on Disney Plus. You got to watch Freemaker Adventures. It is probably some of the best Star Wars content that everybody sleeps on because it's a Lego series. It's uh, so okay. good. Freemaker Adventures is so good. And Roger is the better version of that type of... Not that type of character, because Mr. Bones is like an assassin droid in a yeah. battle droid uh-huh. shell. 
um, Roger is the complete opposite of that, where he is uh, like a nanny droid. Uh, it's actually they did the nanny droid thing on Freemaker Adventures before they did it on the Mandalorian. So, oh, uh, uh, gotcha. I, yeah, man. If you, oh man, Freemaker Adventures is so good. I love that I'll show so much. I'll have um, to because I've watched Forces of Destiny and then like the little blip specials that they yeah, had yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But um, here, here's that. how I'll sell you on Freemaker Adventures and anybody else who's listening. There is an episode. Um, the Freemakers are scavengers. They 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 collect junk from battlefields, like from from starfighter battles and stuff, and then they mm-hmm. take it back to their garage and they and they fix up ships. Um, but um, but I I, I Xander, I, who is there's there's it's three siblings. I, I Corey, Xander, and Rowan. Rowan's the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Xander likes to build uglies, and and so he 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 basically takes parts from all sorts of ships and puts them together, um, and builds and builds uglies. But he doesn't call them that. Um, but at one point, a rich guy brings in an N one starfighter, right? Uh, so a, so a pristine condition Naboo starfighter, for mm-hmm. for the Freemakers to work on, and they're working on it and and hijinks ensue because it's a comedy series so it gets kind of silly and ridiculous but at a certain point in this episode darth vader shows up and he ends up in the cockpit of this n1 starfighter (laughs) and it and like basically like has like an acid trip flashback to wow uh, to being a little kid in an n1 starfighter taking out battle droids so it's just the the show is so much fun and it doesn't take Star Wars seriously, which I think we all need to do a little bit more of. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that episode's my favorite episode of the series. It's uh, I'll have to check it out. I have this weird thing where it, it, I I get onto something and so like I I pull like a cram study. Mm-hmm. So when I first got into uh, Halo, the Xbox game Halo. Um, it was right before the fifth game came out. Like, I guess that was in like 2015. And I'm like, oh, there's like 14 years worth of history here. And I crammed every inch of that fandom in 10 months. Yeah. So once, you know, I have been a fan, a Star Wars fan since I was five. But at the youthful age of 30, after TLJ, I was like, okay, this means more to me now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have almost 42 years worth of stuff to start cramming. So I'm struggling to catch up, but I will get there. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, cool. Well, Hey, let's, let's take a quick break for ads. Uh, sure. and then, and then let's get into it. Let's get into the, our main topic and, yes. uh, and talk about Raylo and fan Sweet. fiction and, uh, fandom and how dumb I am. Uh, cool. Here's some ads. <laughs> Okay, uh, here we are into our main topic, uh, and as we said before, it's been a long time coming, uh, you, you coming on the podcast, and the reason for that is uh, it's, it's going to be a bit of a story, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell it from my side, uh, and then... Uh, and then, and then I'll, I'll let you come in and 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 say what, say your part and what it looked like from where you were, because um, sure. I'm really I'm really interested to hear to hear more about that. Um, so, I I don't remember the original person who tweeted it. 
um, and I'm blocked yeah, by them now, so so it's uh, it's it, this is all probably for the best. But I <laughs> I although I, th- I I hope that they would be really happy to learn that 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 this encounter has led to me not just like being cool with Raylo, but like fully embracing it and now like considering myself. It's yeah. I got the blue butterfly in my in my in my Twitter profile. I just redid oh. my Twitter profile last week. And the Yay. blue butterfly is there. So um, it's, yeah, like, like it. this all has a happy ending. But it starts with <laughs> like a tweet <laughs> that was basically saying, uh, hey, if you think that, um, that, that the, the relationship between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey is, is a bad example for, for girls, like, yeah shut up basically right (laughs) um i'm paraphrasing obviously it was it was put much more eloquently than that and i came in uh being the dumb uh uh uh, cis hetero white guy uh that i am i thinking that everything from my perspective is the default and the most important um saying like well here let me explain to you uh, uh, why I think you're wrong and why I think that that it sets a bad example for young women uh, which uh, I, I'm, I'm only saying this now I'm only repeating this now so that we can then talk about how dumb I was and, and how wrong my thought process was um, because what I essentially said was that uh, that the relationship with, between between at that time, I would have said Kylo. At this time now, I would say Ben mm-hmm. uh, and Ray. It was um, her thinking that she could fix him and sort of like ignoring his abusive tendencies, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and really seeing him in that power dynamic as as the abuser and and Ray as the victim, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> that. I'll, I'll say, to give myself a little bit of credit, I I don't think truly at that time that I saw Ray as a as a like capital V victim, but mm-hmm. I did see it as um, as as Kylo Ren attempting to make her a victim, mm-hmm. and so because of that, like like her by the end of the story being in love with him. Or uh, as as I would now say, in the middle of the story, really falling in love with him. <laughs> yeah. But um, that that is sort of uh, like like my perspective was that that would that's like a like someone in an abusive relationship thinking that they can they can fix the other person, right? It's like it's yeah. And 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 if I can, I want to throw out too yeah. that that view I don't find necessarily wrong as like a first take by any means especially if you know you're someone who has experienced you know a power imbalance in a romance or you know in a relationship in any way you know you're definitely going to pick that up quickly um and so you may project you know that that personal experience of yours on the situation and so when you know someone in this instance or someone of that mindset comes into it you know and someone like me is like woohoo they're in love it, it won't make sense mm-hmm. yeah and and i think that i think that my i don't think i know what my main 
mistake was in all of this. <laughs> a, um, I was talking down to women, which mm-hmm. which it was not my intention, obviously. And I think that I, I think I ended up making that clear by the end of it. That it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I like I, I misspoke, and I misspoke yeah. in a way that I deeply regret. Yeah. But but I definitely do have to own the fact that like I did like those words came from me onto Twitter, and it was, uh, it was because I wasn't sensitive enough to the way that I was talking and the audience that I was talking to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I and that was my like that was the number one mistake. And then the other part of it was just not understanding the way that other people see that character to see the character of Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Mm -hmm. And, and at the time really just seeing him as a villain um, in the, painted with the same sort of brush as, as Vader or, or Dooku or sort of any of our other, uh, uh, you know, big bads in the Star Wars galaxy, right? right? Like, like really thinking of him in that way. Um, and it's Star Wars. I should know better than to just paint with a broad brush. None of the characters <laughs> that I've mentioned, like none of the bad guys, except maybe with the exception of Sheev, are yeah. actually like capital E evil. Right. They all think that what they're doing, they all see themselves as heroes and not even in that much of like a twisted way, but they all have their experiences that lead them on the path to think that what they are doing, seizing power is the best thing for yes. everyone. Right. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's such a it's such a common theme throughout Star Wars. When we when we look at any of the Sith, any of the Dark Jedi, it is like it's it's so common but but even then like now i would look at at kylo ren closer to a character like asajj ventress than i would to darth vader mm-hmm. um yeah. because it's more it's it's not quite as calculated it's a little bit more chaotic it's and but it is thanks to 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 in very large part to the conversation that you and i had um the way that I look at at Ben now is is as someone who was uh, abused himself and twisted into mm-hmm. a, like a shadow of themselves, which is so similar to Asajj Ventress. Yes, which is a character that at first I hated as well, like I because I oh, didn't really? like Kylo Ren cool. in the beginning. And Asajj, when she was first introduced in the Clone Wars micro series, I was like, nah, I could. She looks cool and whatever. I get it. She's taken from the from the concept art from from Episode One. Mm-hmm. all that stuff um but i was like as a character it's like she's not that interesting and then in the clone wars uh the the feloni clone wars in 2008 she's introduced mm-hmm. in the movie i was like okay they've given her a little bit more more layered here and like she's she's definitely painted as 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 one of obi-wan kenobi's many uh arch nemeses <laughs> that guy just goes around the galaxy picking him up he's got he's got asajj he's got grievous he's got dooku it's his sass darth maul it's... yeah it is the sass um so i so that was probably like a small wedge in there of like the the sassy i uh, i uh, banter back and forth with obi-wan obi-wan being my favorite star wars character um but then eventually over the course of the clone wars i like they they develop that character in such a way uh, mm-hmm. that by the time that she has her turn 
um and and like the whole Savage Press arc like yeah that like I ended up by the end of that arc falling in love with that character and then where they took her even further um uh, with the Ahsoka storyline at the end of season five when you yeah. see her there and it's and they parallel her story her her fall from the the path of the Sith with Ahsoka's fall from the path of the Jedi and how mm-hmm. both of them are betrayed by their masters and decide to go their own ways right yeah, decide I that was to, fantastic um it it's like I end up loving that character so now when I look at it I go like okay I kind of now I get Kylo Ren now I can yeah. start to understand this character which did you which, ever, like I said was very did you ever much read or listen to um Dark Disciple yeah yeah I did I did yeah. listen to Dark Disciple as an audiobook um yeah and I love it I mean it's yeah. it would be awesome to to have gotten those actual episodes but uh but I think actually I said this when the book came out um I think it's actually for Asajj Ventress fans. It's probably and Quinlan Vos fans. It's probably better than if we had gotten four episodes because that's like a very oh, finite, like eighty minutes absolutely. of story. Whereas the book is is probably a six or seven hour book, right? Where yeah, where yeah. you get a lot more time with those characters, um, and you also get more insight because it is it, it does have the ability to go into what they're actually thinking. Yeah, right? which um, I appreciate and love. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so by the end of everything, I mean, like I, I had stepped in it. I pissed off the whole Raylo community in one fell swoop. Um, <laughs> I, I refer to it as stepping on the hornet's nest. Yeah. And in the midst of being stung by um, a, a thousand terrible things, I, I, there were around four or five. Uh, very compassionate human beings <laughs> who took pity on me and showed me a little bit of mercy and and actually turned the whole conversation around um, and and you were one of them in fact I think I think you might have actually been the first one to to really like say hey uh, I, you were definitely the first one to go like hey you like like I like you you messed up but you sound like you feel bad about it and you want to learn more so here let's talk about it um and uh and so we ended up having a really great conversation um like i did with 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 those other individuals and Mm -hmm. uh and then that put me on the path to eventually uh uh drawing raylo fan art over the last (laughs) week and a half and uh and and starting to write my own fan fiction which is something yeah. i never thought i would do so <laughs> it's been a beautiful transformation to yeah, watch yeah it, it's <laughs> if there's hope for kylo ren then there's hope for me right like yeah that's, see there that's, you go it's uh yeah the, the journeys have been there are some similarities and i and i'm starting to relate to the character more and more every day but uh <laughs> that's so that was all my perspective that's all everything that they that i experienced going through maybe not in, in gritty detail but sure um, what, what did it look like from your side of it? Um, so uh, I was, uh, I actually joined, uh, the Raylo fandom simply because, so I'm going to go on a tangent here. When I first saw TLJ, it was actually the only Star Wars film I did not like, but I walked out of there wanting to like it. And mm. I was like, okay, you know, I liked 
Kylo Ren and I liked Rey character and and I definitely got the vibe something was going on there but I didn't know how or what you know I wasn't like the first TFA Raylo fans where they're you know calling all the calls that end up happening you know I, I just enjoyed it for what it was and so when I came out and I left and I was like you know there's something about these two characters I really really liked um I want to see more of that and so through that feeling was you know looking it up on youtube um starting to branch out into podcasts because normally i didn't listen to podcasts at all and and then i bumped into fan fiction on archive of our own and i was like oh okay this is pretty cool and i i started reading it and i enjoyed it but because i'm an oddball one of the things was is I really appreciated what people were doing with the characters, but I wanted it to feel like a Star Wars movie. And so you kind of get that arrogant sense of, well, well, I bet I can do better (laughs) sort of thing. And so that's when I dove in and I was really enjoying it. And then that was around the time when um, Jason Fry's extended novel came out and I was like, okay, let me give this film a second chance. And so I read the book and then I watched the film again and I was like, okay, I love this movie and I absolutely adore these characters. And so that's when I jumped on to Star Wars Twitter and actually used it to promote my second fan fiction. And that's kind of when I started listening to the various strong voices in the fandom. And I just happened to stumble upon this particular conversation. And I had seen a lot of people complain about you know, being harassed by the anti-Raylos, you know, how much they had (laughs) been called horrible things for it. And thankfully, I was late to the game and had kind of missed all that. Mm. But, um, you you know, I saw the conversation that you were in, and I kind of got the tail end of it where you were apologizing and being like, you know, I'm just trying to understand what it is you guys see. And I felt kind of bad for you. (laughs) So I was like, okay, this guy clearly walked in unprepared. And I'm going to assume that he truly does want to understand. And this can go, I'm going to engage and it can go one of two ways. Either he's going to continue to be angry and not care, or he's actually going to take a moment to listen. And if he takes a moment, he'll either see my point of view or he'll choose not to. And so I felt it was worth taking a shot. And, you know, you did, and you were very respectful about it. And and it was great to have you engage with me. And I had, you know, I really enjoyed answering all your questions. And it was fantastic at the end of it to have you say like, you know, okay, I had never thought of that before. And to me, I was just I wasn't trying to win you over. Mm-hmm. I just wanted you to see that different perspective. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, you kind of went on a radio silence and we started following each other. And and then you blossomed to this beautiful Raylo. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it it, it, it it ended up being a really great thing. And I think that, that the key to it um was was for both sides for us to 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 take a little bit of a risk in um sort of showing the soft underbelly right like for you to 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 say like exactly what you just said of of like well 
I'm going to engage, which when you use that language, it's, it's, I, I know exactly what you mean, right? Because there's a choice that you make when you're online of like, you see a tweet, you see a f- post on Facebook, you get a comment on Instagram, whatever. Um, and, and you have a choice because you look at that, that comment and it obviously makes you feel one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't know the other person on, on the other end of that, that, interaction so like right. the 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 choice to engage that language is so specific of like i am making a decision to be vulnerable right now and to say um all i'm gonna give you the opportunity to hurt me <laughs> to say something mean <laughs> right You're and, right, and yeah. you definitely were i think in 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 the uh, in in the power seat there because i was already getting raked over the coals so <laughs> i so so I I I think that that you were pretty safe because I think if I had said something stupid or or hurtful that I that you would have had a thousand people backing you up instantly, but um, but Which it's I still a it, risk it was, because it's it like was great. Th- it was great too because it, it was it was very poignant. Um, you know when you were asking why does Ray see something in him and. You know, at, at the same time on my end uh, of the spectrum, you know, I, I'm seeing you get down asking, you know, why is your point of view? And my answer to you was she has compassion. And mm-hmm. I had compassion to show you. <laughs> it, it, it's it's such a it's such. And, that, and that's kind of what I was driving at. It was that like, yeah. like we both I think it it worked out well because both of us were coming at it from that perspective right mm-hmm. they they um i said what i initially said not out of uh, n- not out of a sense of of entitlement or or um or like like anger or any of like the negativity that i think that that the Raylo community is very used to dealing with yeah. right um, yeah. And that that was my biggest, like, uh, not my biggest mistake, but that was my biggest sort of misunderstanding of what I was getting myself into, is that because I wasn't part of that, um, the anti-Raylo community, it was never a thing that, like, even from, from The Last Jedi uh, onwards, I, I, I was just like, okay, if that's how people want to see it, that's how people want to see it. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. I don't personally think that Kylo is redeemable. I don't think that this character, like if you went back and listened to old podcasts, I would be telling you that like, Oh yeah. Like before rise of Skywalker, it's like, well, he needs to go like full, like maniac in this next movie. Like to the point where it's like, he's not, cause I really wanted them to end rise to end, end this, this trilogy, not, as like a capstone on on the whole story, which is what they tried to do unsuccessfully. Mm. But I wanted it to be the like setup for the ongoing story. So yeah. I I wanted them to position it where where this was actually the the opposite of Luke's story for for Kylo Ren. That by the end of it, especially once he killed Snoke, and then denies Rey in, in the Last Jedi. I was like, I want him to embrace the dark side because he was conflicted before i want him to like fully double down on it and to become the emperor basically right but Mm -hmm. this time the emperor is a hot young person and so we've got (laughs) 30 years of stories to tell 
Meanwhile, <laughs> Ray's going to go and she's going to start the new Jedi Order. And we're going to have, whether it's books or comics or TV shows or movies, we're going to have mm-hmm. 30 years worth of stories. We've, now we have a franchise. Now Disney has a franchise that, right. that can go on for a long time. That was sort of where I was coming at it from. Um, and so, so that perspective, I think, put me on that path of, of not seeing him as a redeemable character, not wanting to see him as a redeemable character because it's not what I wanted in the story. Yeah, but but the Raylo community was so beaten down after the Last Jedi, and you say like you kind of came in at the tail end of it and avoided a lot of that. But I think mm-hmm. like specifically the person that I engaged with to begin with was was obviously still hurt by a lot of that stuff and expecting yeah. that. Yeah. So when a guy comes in and says, "Hey, you're wrong." Um, let let me a man tell you a woman how to feel about this story about a woman. It was like, uh, yeah, like I, it was dumb. I shouldn't have done it. And 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 I now I think twice about this stuff, which is a good thing. Say no to mansplaining. Yeah, um, um, it's really difficult when you have a podcast to <laughs> right, to, right. to 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 avoid it. But the, but the podcast also needs to be a little bit of a safe space. It's like, well, it's my podcast. I can, I'm I'm entitled. Uh, it's I always think of the um the 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 Star Trek the Next Generation thing where where Picard's like, uh, I, it's, sorry, I'm 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 ranting or whatever, and 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 Troy is like, you're the captain, you're entitled. And I was like, okay, I am the captain of the podcast, so occasionally. Well, my mom I'm is the Trekkie. My mom's the Trekkie. So yeah. Um, <laughs> See that's the, that's the real rift that needs to be that needs to be mended is is between <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek, but it's a different podcast, different conversation. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I I lost my train of thought because I brought up Star Trek on a Star Wars. Well, podcast. well, we established how we got here. How, yeah. how you went from don't don't understand Relo to loving it. So, and how we met. Yeah. So 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 now so now I find myself. This was the funny thing is that like I didn't. I walked out of Rise of Skywalker and was not satisfied. Um, but I also walked out of The Last Jedi scratching my head a little bit. I walked out of The Force Awakens a little bit like, huh. Oh, really? How do I how do I feel about this 100%? The only one of the Disney movies that I walked out like that was 100% grade A Star Wars was Solo. Um, mm. because solo does not shy away from it. It doesn't, it doesn't subvert anything. It doesn't try and be, um, yeah. something different, right? Like rogue one is like, Oh, this is star Wars, but it's a gritty war movie. And no, it's not, it's right. not a gritty war movie, but yeah. it's, but it tries to pretend like it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and then in solo the is act, I am what I am. <laughs> solo, solo is actually, um, I sort of like reaffirming Han Solo's journey and saying, You've always been a hero. Yeah. The 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 cynic what is is armor that you put on to protect yourself from what happened in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. So for the most part in that movie, he's not Han Solo. He's actually Luke Skywalker. Like that like that <laughs> character is he's, at which is one of the reasons why when Luke walks walks onto the scene and he's like, "What a piece of junk!" and Han's like, "Who is this kid?" And then he's like, "What's <laughs> yeah. that flashing?" He's like, "Get the heck out of my face!" He's like, "Watch your lip, scene. kid." He's not actually reacting to Luke. He's reacting to himself. Like, he's like, oh, my God. And then in The Force Awakens, again, 
he ends up with this scavenger girl on his ship, and she's just like, I bypassed, I bypassed the, the compressor. Yeah, you know exactly where I was. And he looks at her, and he's just like, huh. why do I attract them? Why do they? It's, they're just these constant reminders of who he was and the past that he's always tried to run away from, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, Solo, whole other thing. Let's not get on that tangent. The Force Awakens, I walked out going, like, especially because, like, Han Solo, I was, like, it took me a while to process his character and go, wait a second, Mm. it's been 30 years. He's not, he shouldn't be exactly the same as he was in Return of the Jedi. Especially when we think about all the stuff, the subtext of, of what has happened. We don't know the details, but think about what's going on in his head. Why did he run away? Why did he give up the best thing that ever happened to him in, in Leia Organa and and go back to a life that did nothing but treat him poorly? Right. That resulted in him ending up frozen in carbonite and almost dead at the hands of Jabba the Hutt, right? Like, yeah. like that, like what a, what a terrible place to go back to. Um, and so like thinking about that and thinking about his journey and getting, and so eventually I was able to reconcile his character. And then in The Last Jedi, again, it was like, there was a lot of it that, that was, because cause The Last Jedi subverted a lot of stuff in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because Luke was very, very different from what we all thought he was going to be, right? And oh, yeah. that ends up making it my favorite saga film. It's number two after Solo. Uh and, and and a great deal of that is is actually Luke's journey, um, and the and the characterization that Ryan Johnson uh, uh, created for that mm-hmm. for that story, um, and then Mark Hamill brings to life in the best performance of his career. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, and and that all hinges on Yoda. It's it's a hundred percent Yoda. He's the, that's the character. <laughs> you you, that, like, you definitely see him perk up and shine in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you have to really listen to what Yoda says in order to understand that movie. I think it's like the, like that, yeah. those scenes are the most important for that film. Um, just like they are. I mean, anytime that Yoda talks in the original trilogy as well, it's like, that's it's uh, and a lot of the time when Yoda says stuff, it's very important for star Wars. He is the force. Yes. Um, yes. From a, from a mythic perspective. Right. Um, yeah. And I it actually was, had it, a hard time with processing with Luke. It, it's yeah. funny because TFA left me really pumped. And I love the original trilogy, but I never exactly, like, associated with any of them. And so when I saw, you know, Leia being Leia and Han going back to who he'd been, I mean, to me, I was like, cool, makes sense. And then when TLJ comes along, they're like, this is who Luke is now. I was like, what is going on? This makes zero sense to me. And actually, it was the one bit of the film that I didn't like at first. And I spoke with my mom, and she's definitely one of those all Star Wars is good Star Wars people. And she's like, no, no, it makes sense. I'm like, well, how does it make sense? And she goes, as you get older, you're going to make mistakes. And then eventually you get to a point where you reflect on those mistakes and you either move past them or you don't. And he did something that he could not move past. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so thinking of it on that light and then what more insight was in the expanded novelization, I'm kind of like, okay, this makes total sense. From, From the jump with the novelization, 
because uh, it opens with the prologue, which mm-hmm. is Luke's dream of what his life would have been had he never left Tatooine. Yeah, that had he nice. never become a Jedi, and that that bit of um, inner monologue and and understanding of where that character was at before the movie started mm-hmm. changes the whole perspective. I I honestly think that that movie would probably be better received if it actually opened with that. But that's not how Star Wars stories work. So right. it would have been very weird. But but if people had that characterization in their mind when they watched the movie, I think that it would it would change a lot of minds about Luke's Luke's arc. Because yeah. that, like, that kind of just sums everything up is that, like, he believes in that moment at that point in time that his decisions didn't save the galaxy. His decisions mm-hmm. have actually led to it being even worse than, than it was before he got involved. So if he had just not gotten involved, everything would have been fine. Which is obvious. It's a fallacy. He's not correct. And by the end of the right. movie, he realizes that he's... What he's saying to himself is that he would rather be ignorant and happy than than serve his purpose in the galaxy, right? Yeah. And 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 by the end of the story, that's what he does: is he he sacrifices himself in order to 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 fulfill his destiny and do exactly what he said he's he couldn't do at the beginning of the movie, right? Walk out. Yeah, with the laser it, was, sword. it was very jarring. And and two, you have to think, you know, there's usually a slow build up at the beginning of each film and yeah. we really didn't get that with TLJ. It was just kind of like, bam, Poe Dameron. Yeah. You know, and so you're super geared up and so yeah. when you get the next scene and it's like Luke's like, oh, you know, fling it across his shoulder, get off my lawn. You're like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely whiplash, but, but it, the other thing that that does is it, is it connects us with race so much because. Oh, totally. Every every facial reaction she was having, yeah. I was I was having at the same time. Yeah, that's her journey, right? She shows up and she's expecting Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, to save mm-hmm. the day, and it's like, and Leia has filled her head with this, which I think is a little bit unfair, and I think I think that like there's story to tell there, um, between last jedi and rise of skywalker there's a conversation that needs to happen between those two characters between leia and ray where where ray yeah. says why did you send me there you had to have known he's your brother you had to have known what i was walking into why didn't you prepare me better for yeah. what i was gonna and and ray and sorry leia would obviously have some very sage wisdom of like you needed i needed you to go to Luke, which is exactly what Luke says, which is like, why, why did they send you? Why did Leia send you? Why are you here? Right. Yeah. And it's very I, much I, like, I, I do think that was Leia's, that was uh, Leia's goal. There was like, she saw that she saw the same thing that Han did. Right. She saw it like, yeah, this is Luke 2.0. I'm going to send her because if I go, he's just going to, he's going to feel worse. Right. I'm because trying to it's remember be in the Allegiant comic, there was a very brief scene where she talks to Leia. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it was along the lines of, like, why me? And she's like, oh, well, your destinies are intertwined or mm. something of that sort. 
but again, it's it's only just like a bare hint of such a thing. Yeah. So, and we know in Resistance Reborn, she does talk to Leia quite a bit. Like she seems bothered by something, and there is the quick scene of her talking about Kylo Ren being her son, and but you definitely get the hint that she doesn't know his history or anything like that. And so, I mean, there's definitely room there to for that to be expanded upon. Mm-hmm. Um. So. But yeah, so I mean, like, I, like I, the novelization I think was was the big thing for me, and and anytime anybody has, anytime a Star Wars fan, because you can't just get a regular human <laughs> to go read a Star Wars novel, certainly not for a movie that they didn't like. Right. But, yeah. but anytime I encounter a Star Wars fan that that gripes about the Last Jedi, I go like, hey, you gotta you gotta dig into to this novel, yeah. um, because it does such a better job of explaining a lot of it which isn't fair i mean like that the movie i think does do a very 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 good job of putting you into everybody's perspective but i think that ryan johnson's movies in general require you to be ready for what you're about to receive yes it's absolutely and and i think it's one of the reasons why his movies can be a little bit polarizing um, because if you go into them thinking that you know what's going to happen or that you know what to expect, your your expectations are going to let you down. And and oh, yeah. that's really... Look, with Knives Out, who cares, right? Because if you don't like <laughs> Knives Out, then go away. It doesn't matter. If you don't like Looper, it doesn't matter. You never have to deal with Looper ever again. Star Wars right. is a part of our culture, so it's yeah. dangerous. It becomes... Like, that... that, that double-edged sword is going to actually do a lot of damage um, as opposed to with those other things which is why I think we see him focusing on other stuff and not on that Star Wars trilogy although I, I do really hope that that happens because I think him telling his own story in his own part of the galaxy now that people know what kind of Star Wars storyteller he is I think that we could have a much better thing but I also think that the fanboys are going to come out and napalm whatever he does with star wars in the future so it's uh it's it's one of those things where it's like i think that whatever he if he did another star wars movie it would be a it would be even better than the last jedi because he would have learned from the the things that that happened in the in the fallout of that oh yeah but then um but then i think that we would all be much more prepared to receive it right um, and yeah. uh, and and enjoy it so much more. It's 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 kind of like a bottle of wine where you can set it out and you serve people, and one per- group will drink it and be like, "Man, it tastes like funky grapes." Yeah. And then you got the other people who are like, "It's not bad." And then you got the other people that are like, "I smell hints of cherry," and yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, but it's great though because I was definitely one of those people that watched it and it flew over my head, and then you know I I delve into the book and. I'm like, okay, this this has, it, it lets me see it with fresher eyes. And then looking into the fandom and listening to, especially these women in the fan in the Raylo community, you know, describing, you know, what all the tropes and symbolisms of it are and what th- those things have meanings of their own. And then you go back and you watch it again, and then it just takes on this whole other level of it and and it's so much richer for it so uh, yeah it went from being my least favorite to my most favorite 
in a two-year span. Yeah. <laughs> and that's mostly due to the, the Raylo community. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a... Uh, the, the best thing about the whole experience for me of, of, of joining the community and, and, and becoming invested in it this way is that it's um it's it's brought a a new level of enjoyment for Star Wars for me cuz it's mm, because it, especially listening I've been talking about this a lot on the podcast listening to women specifically mm. has opened up so much more of the mythology to me stuff that I wasn't privy to before um and it's and 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 I talked about it a little bit last week but I'll I'll sort of repeat myself a little bit like the same goes for listening to people of color and their experiences with it and understanding um, how they view these characters. Because um, one of the things that's been going around this last week is the, the stuff with John Boyega basically saying like, he's not really interested in doing another star Wars movie, which I think I is know. just idle chit chat. I think it's, I think it's honestly just him going like, look, it's not like I've got other stuff stop asking me about star wars i'm not yeah. in another star wars movie right now yeah i don't think that it means i'm never going to do another star wars movie i think it's i hope not <laughs> it's i've moved on meaning like i'm on other stuff and i also think for him it means the stuff that was that hurt me in the process of making those three movies i am i'm past that now i don't want to talk about it Right. Because yeah. everybody still wants to talk to him about it, especially the tabloids and stuff like all of the entertainment mags want him to say something. They yeah. want him to go like, yeah, J.J. Abrams is an idiot or yeah, Ryan Johnson messed up my story. Right. Like they yeah. want they want him to to say something. Um, but one of the conversations that's come out of it this week is this this uh, prevailing opinion amongst people of color black people specifically that the that they were baited into going to see the force awakens because all of the marketing showed john boyega finn as the central jedi character in the story and oh yeah they're not wrong i mean i went in thinking he yeah. was going to be and so when that lightsaber flew in ray's hand i was like oh, wait what's happening see now like <laughs> And, and this is where, like, coming from from my perspective, I never doubted for a second that it be a because it was J.J. Abrams and because he just straight up lies, right? <laughs> um, and and yes. you have to remember that we're coming off of Star Trek Into Darkness. That's the movie he directed mm. before The Force Awakens, That's where true. all throughout the marketing for that is Benedict Cumberbatch, Khan. No, he's not. Yeah. He's the David Johnson, whatever his name was, John, John Hancock. What I don't remember what stupid name they gave him, but yeah. they 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 gave him another name, and they're like, no, he's this character. He's this character. He's this character, because they were trying to quote unquote preserve the surprise. And it's like, yeah. so we all sat in the movie theater, and when he was like, huh? and it's like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is dumb. So going into the Force I Awakens, tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that that he was lying. I was like, no, Ray is very obviously, and at that time in my brain, I'm like, Ray is very obviously Han and Leia's daughter. And I don't know why it is the way that it is, but it's very obvious that that's who she is. When you look at the cast photo, she's sitting between the two of them. Now we just know it's because, like, well, that's who she has, like, she has dialogue with Han Solo a lot. So she's yeah. sitting next to him. 
Um, and also they were just sitting where they were sitting. I don't think that it was actually like, I think that people just kind of sat where they sat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, but I went into the force awakens very much going like, no, this is a, this is a fake out. Um, and, and he might use the lightsaber for a minute, but she is definitely the Jedi. And, and so when you get to the middle of the movie and the lightsaber calls to her, I'm like, yep. I called it. So it was like at that point from the rest of the movie onward, I'm like, well, I don't know what his part of the story, like what his purpose is, but like, I guess he's like the Han Solo, but Poe's also kind of like the Han Solo. So maybe he's the Leia. Maybe there isn't a Leia. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying too hard (laughs) to make these three characters, those three characters, which was everybody's mistake with the prequels. And then I'm thinking about the prequels. So I kind (laughs) of, it was all over the place on it. And then you go into the, into the last Jedi and I'm like, yeah. So his story just continues. Right. Yeah. But I think I do think that that for a, a a contingent of the fandom, like I said, specifically black fans of Star Wars, they're like, finally, finally, we're gonna get a central Jedi character that represents us, right? Oh yeah, and I, I don't blame them one bit. Yeah, and I, then to be I, faked I out on too. that, it's like so. So that is another one of those perspectives similar to the Raylo thing, where it's like, yeah, I get it. I mm-hmm. uh, like like I don't I don't understand it. That's one of those things that we have to say as white people talking about this sort of subject matter these days um because now we know better. It's like I don't understand it, but I do get like like where that perspective is coming from, right? Yeah. Like I like I don't think that I can fully understand it, but but I can definitely have a bit of empathy and say like, yeah, they were screwed out of um something that they were sold right like they were they were sold a a false bill of goods which is the same way that i feel going like after rise of skywalker right is that we have those first two movies where it's like you're building up ray you're building up ray and and especially like the the emotional climax in in the last jedi in the throne room when when so Ben is saying to her, he's like, "You're nothing, you're nothing." You, they were junk dealers, like they were drunks. They yeah. sold you for drinking money. Like you are not important in this story, except to me, right? And it's like, yeah, like that. That was so powerful to me because it was. I was too busy face palming. I'm like, "You stupid boy." Well, there's that too, right? And and and. And this is one of those things that, like, just having watched it um, last weekend uh, again, or not this past weekend, but the one before, uh, and now with my perspective, uh, uh, with, with my Raylo hat on and watching it and going like, oh, she's not, she's not mad. And so, like, Rise of Skywalker, when she shows up and she's pissed off yeah. at the beginning of that movie at him, it's yeah. like, well, that's wrong. That's incorrect. Because she's oh, yeah. not mad in that moment. Her heart is breaking because she, when they touched hands on Octo, when they connected through the Force, and and I firmly believe that if Luke hadn't interrupted them, which he does intentionally, and he severs the connection, if he hadn't done that, Ben would have been there. Yep, absolutely. Like, he was, he was... And that's not what that's not what Snalps wanted. That's not what Palpatine and Snoke <laughs> were going for. When they connected yeah. the two of them, that wasn't the plan. And it right. would have 
it would have ruined everything, right? Like it would have like because these two the two most powerful Jedi in the galaxy would have been united, whether they're Jedi or Sith or whatever they are, it doesn't matter. They would have yeah. been together and no one could have stood against them. Like the dyad would have been, been fulfilled. Glorious. Them, right? And <laughs> and Luke denies that, which is which is uh his his last failure, right? That, yes. that, that he has to make up for at the end of the movie. Um but yeah, like that, like she, when they touch and she sees inside his mind and he sees inside of hers and they know each other intimately in that moment, like that's when, to me, like that's when she falls in love with him, right? Like it's sort of a slow, oh, yeah. it's like a slow simmer before that. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, it's a boil. Like it's like the pot is boiling over in that moment. And she's like, look, Luke, if you're not going to go. I'm going to go because he is the only hope this galaxy has. So then when he's like, join me and together we'll rule the galaxy. She's like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? After everything that we just went through, after everything that you've seen and experienced, this is what you're going to do. She's not mad. She's disappointed and she's heartbroken because she's like, I thought that I could love you. And now I don't know. And I have yeah. to leave you here. I have to go. And yeah. and, and she takes the lightsaber pieces eventually and leaves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to have her angry without explaining how she got from heartbroken to angry in Rise of Skywalker. And then to still be angry about him killing Han Solo. And then and then still, like, like basically, like, asking the question of, like, why did you do it? It's like you know why he did it now. Like you you yeah. know, you saw inside his mind. You know exactly why. And what you what you expressed to me when we talked that first time about him being um essentially suffering from mental illness because he's been manipulated yeah. by Palpatine his entire life. Yeah. She sees that in him. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where the empathy comes from and that's where the compassion comes from and that's what leads to them being able to fall in love right that's what leads to her being able to love ben solo not kylo ren and so when he chooses kylo ren over ben solo that's the heartbreaking thing is like i can't believe it like you you we could save the galaxy but you're choosing instead to do this and she literally says to him don't don't go this way don't don't do it Right. Yeah, I I mean I totally get the feeling that because it, it's made well read, it depends on how you read into it and especially if you've read the Knights of Ren comics you can see he does not enjoy being Kylo Ren like it's suggested in the comic that you know Kylo is a name he came up for himself not because he was secretly plotting to be evil as a child but he. You know, his name is tied to the legacy of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He wants to be his own person. Mm-hmm. And then Snaps, whatever we're calling him, he uses that and twists and manipulates. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you could become this person. You've already picked yourself a name. And so it went from this innocent, I want to be my own person, to now it's a form of like a split personality type of thing. Mm-hmm. And... And so, you know, as he goes along, he's still desperate to be his own person, but now he's being told he's got to get out of the right lane and into the left lane if he wants to be this new person. And so 
um, you know, following Wren and the knights and, you know, engaging with Snoke and all this stuff, it slowly turns him into this person. And so she can see, Ray can see that he does not deep down enjoy being Kylo Ren. It bothers him. It bothers that that's what he's become. At some point, um, he's learned about Vader, whether it was through, you know, the Senate reveal when his, you know, was exposed in the Senate and his mom pretty much got kicked out, which was, you know, shown in Bloodline, the novel. Mm-hmm. And so we have no idea. And so now it's kind of like, oh, I, I'm being told I should act this way. And now I find out that I have, you know, another legacy of my life who was this way. And so maybe that's my destiny. And to become my own person, I now have to go down this path. And and I think that's one of the things. She realizes he's lonely. She realizes that, you know, he's having to work for someone that he doesn't really want to. So, you know, she can relate Snoke in her own way to um, Uncar Plutt. Um, and, you know, she, she, she gets it and she sees that he's a good person. She can see that he does have regret for what he's done. Um, you know, he said as much in the force bond scene with so many words. And then, you know, she can see it again when they touch hands. So she sees that he is deep down a good person who does, who no longer wants to be the evil Kylo Ren. And so you're absolutely right. When she goes in that moment, they've, they've fought together. She's risked everything. And then he's like, ha ha now's my chance. I think I'll take it to be my own person through the guise of Kylo Ren. We obviously care for one another. We're meant to be together via the, you know, the force has ordained it. Um, Come with me sort of thing. And she just deflates, absolutely deflates. Mm. You know, I threw all my faith in my trust in my understanding, you know, we're meant to be together sort of thing you know, why are you going this way? And so then it's two opposing ideas. Well, I have to be right. You know, you have to join me sort of thing. And and good for Ray. You know, your first initial thing was, you know, that it's a bad message for her to be with him to little girls. I think it's fantastic because unlike Padme, who was given a similar situation, you know, when Anakin came back and had his emotional breakdown of, I, I just killed everybody. And she's like, oh, well, you know, bad things happen, but you're yeah. still a good person. And, and she overlooks that. And I get why, but again, it is that type of behavior can lead to bad choices continuously being made, which it did for her and Anakin. Ray, however, says, no, I have my morals. I, I want to be with you, but I cannot cross that line. And she walks and she draws aside. She, you know, backs out. She doesn't at that moment lash out at him. She, you know, tries to take the saber be, due to possible risk is, issue, but you know, she stood up for herself. And I think that's a great example for little girls to see, you know, someone like Ray 
presented in that situation. And instead of just sweeping such behavior under the rug and going along with it, she shows, you know, believe in your morals, stand your ground, you know, even if you absolutely love someone, mm-hmm. if it is not the right thing for you, walk away. And so that is the great, that's a great message. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then Rise of Skywalker just comes in and. And torpedoes it. Confuses <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, so I, for the listeners, for the yeah. listeners sake, I have not seen Tross. Oh, really? I, okay. I have not seen Tross. I pre-ordered tickets. I mean, I was jumping out of my skin to see it. I was yeah. going to see it. Um, you know, I watched the premiere on YouTube and I was going to see it opening night with my family. And I am one of these odd people who like to read spoilers. Um, I read spoilers for all three films. And I was absolutely gutted by what I was hearing. I was in denial. I'm like, this cannot possibly be true. I cried for eight hours straight. The only time I stopped was to have a cavity filled. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I could not sleep for like five nights in a row. I lost nine pounds in seven days. Um... I mean, I I was in a depressive state yeah. for like three months. I had to see my therapist and have my medication yeah. upped. It was bad. And still to this day, I cannot watch the film. I At this point, it's kind of like a moral refusal. Sure. But I have read accounts, both positive and negative. You know, I've seen most of the video screenshots and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I get the context just out of... Moral disappointment. I have not made myself watch the film. I bought the wow. novelization. I got like six pages in and was like, I can't do this. That's about, that's about how far I got into the audiobook. <laughs> it was probably equivalent to six pages. And yeah. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't get through it. Yeah, For self care, I-, I just cannot. But even then, just knowing and, and, and seeing, seeing how angry she is at him in those clips, yeah. just for no reason whatsoever. She, her, her, her character just... Oh, it kills me. It kills me. <laughs> it just... I, I don't know. And, and I would love to have a private, candid conversation with Daisy Ridley, just because she's yeah. Daisy Ridley, but also because, yeah. like, I would love to talk to her and say, like, what what was it? Like, what was going through your head when you were making this movie? Because the character is so far off for so much of the movie. Yeah. Essentially, and, and it's weird because she's really playing two characters in the film because there are all of these scenes, great scenes where she's with, where she's with Finn and Poe and they're having some fun banter. The stuff on Pasana yeah. is actually really fun. Yeah. And then the second that she sees Kylo Ren, it's like because they do they have a they have a force Skype moment. And Where he in pulls that the necklace. Moment, yeah. She reverts back to the treasonous snake. Mm-hmm. Or like poisonous snake or whatever she says, right? Like she yeah. she goes back to that character. Which it's like you grew past that, and then yes. and then Ray's been training for a year and a half, let's say at this point with Leia. Yeah, she should be in more control. Like Luke trained with Yoda for, let's be generous, let's call it two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. 
Let's say that that's how long that was. Let's, there are some people who will tell you that, like, oh, well, but they were trying to get to Bespin on sublight. And so, like, it was actually more like a month and a half. And it's like, cool. You want to tell me that The Empire Strikes Back takes place over the course of a month and a half? There's a lot of missing story if that's the case. Where did they get yeah. their food from on the Millennium Falcon for a month and a half going at sublight speed? Anyways, I... Freeze-dried food. Like yeah. They were, they, were, they were basically cutting pieces of Chewbacca's hair off and putting it oh between gosh. bread. And they're like, this is the best we can do. It's protein. Um, like pilgrims eating shoe leather. Yeah, he's got enough. He can spare it. Um, oh, my gosh. They, they took some of those Minox from the... Uh, from the Actually, you can't eat Minox. They're silicon-based. Um, oh. Yeah. I, that's how they can live in deep space. See, uh, I missed that part on Wikipedia. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if that's still canon. I read that like a million years ago. Um, <laughs> that's why they, it's why they chew on power cables because they're they're silicone based, so they actually like they can actually like get energy out of electricity. So that's why they chew on power cables. But I just like to think they're energy junkies. It's just it's Star Wars. It's all s- made up in in space, right? Um, <laughs> but man, well, we went way far afield of what yes, I was talking about. I, I, yeah, she just like the, the, the characterization is so weird and it's so split because then later in the movie, we also get a moment where Zori attacks them first. Like, like they ambush them in the alley and like, well, pose a bad guy. And you're like, wait a second, pose not a bad guy. And it's like, well, okay, but he was a bad guy. And it's like, I don't understand why we're introducing this halfway through the last movie, but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's you're totally wrecking the character. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, I really have a lot of faith in Alex Seger and that he's gonna he's gonna pull that one out and he's gonna save that character with his story. But I hope so. I I Ray has the, has has a moment where she's got Zori at the end of the lightsaber and she goes Yeah, like, I saw that picture. And she's like and, and she's basically like, We don't have to fight. Like this like and she shows us the character that she became by the end of The Last Jedi. So it's there. It's in the movie. And I have to imagine the places where it is there, it's there because of Daisy. Because and she the was only like, thing I this is how Ray would have actually reacted. Is JJ going to her and saying, okay, in this scene, I need you to be more aggressive because... Um, you know, you feel like you're 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 hurt and betray, you know from a betrayal, yeah. and and so the dark side is taking over, and you're gonna act angry. That's literally the only thing I can think of that yeah. justifies the acting. <laughs> they have to they have to just cram it down your throat, so yeah. that it's it's interesting because I think in Return of the Jedi they they do a similar thing and they do it successfully, where you start that movie and Luke shows up and he force chokes yeah. the Gamorrean guards and he's in which all I black. never connected as a child I was just kind of like oh, it's just okay. he's just he's doing a weird yeah. thing and then as I got older yeah. and you know processed it I was like wait what did he just that's do? a bad <laughs> guy thing right the only other person yeah. we've seen do that is Darth Vader I'm so okay so we're like we're getting all of this language and he's very aggressive and he's like Jabba you're gonna let my friends go or I'm gonna kill everybody in this room and you're like, whoa, yeah. like this isn't, that's not farm boy Luke Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a very heroic thing to say to walk in and be like, free my friends or be destroyed, <laughs> right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the way that Vader talks. And we yeah. go through the movie with that in our minds, or we're supposed to, 
um, and and it's difficult because we have the we we're the generation that came afterwards, right? But yeah. but you have to sort of do a little bit of like like thinking like how was this originally intended? What was the original? The yeah. what would the original experience have been like? He got his hand chopped off. He Vader is your father. You've had a couple of years to process that, and now you're showing up and you're in all black and you've got a robot hand, just like Vader, and and you're force choking bad guys yeah. and doing all this stuff. So that at the end of the movie, when he is hacking at Vader's arm and slices it off, and he looks at his hand, that you're going like, what way is Luke going to go right now? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, Rey's journey, because Ryan Johnson condensed Empire and Jedi into one film. Which was awesome. It's it's the best thing that he could have done, because it puts us in completely new territory for for episode nine right yeah you have at by the end of of the last jedi like that moment of ray saying ben don't do this don't go this way and when she walks away from him that is her looking at the robot hand and going like no i'm a jedi like my father before me that's that is her moment to say like no i choose the light Yes. I am a Jedi. And to me, it's like, that's the moment when Luke Skywalker becomes a Jedi Knight officially. As as Yoda tells him, like, confront Vader and then you'll be a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. And and for Rey, that's the moment that, be- that she becomes a Jedi Knight. Whether she's been trained properly, quote unquote, or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. What, what Kanan says to her, so you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. My The only piece of Rise of Skywalker, there are only two things about the movie that I absolutely love. Leia's lightsaber is a beautiful design. It's so good. And Kanan says one line. Kanan's my favorite character from, from, other than Obi-Wan. He's like my number two favorite character. Yeah. And Rebels is my favorite Star Wars story. So, it's like, that character means a lot to me. And the words that he says to Rey are so important to that character. He says, uh, uh, in the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. And it's like it's in the moment when when it's like she's got to stand up and and face down Palpatine for the last time, right. and it's it's like it's it's that that attitude like that's the that's what she has, right? Like that's the that's the spirit of a Jedi. Oh. That's what it means. It's not about going through the trials in the Jedi Temple and being knighted and a ceremony and all of that stuff. That was yeah. those were the trappings of the Jedi Order, and that's what eventually led to their fall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like Ray is supposed to be this new type of Jedi, and so obviously her her path <laughs> is going to be different. And to yeah. me, it's like there shouldn't. I'm just this is a revelation for me right now as we talk about this. This is why Ooh. I don't like her being trained by Leia at the beginning of the movie. It's not that I have a problem with Leia having been a Jedi. It's not that I have a problem with Leia. I I do have a little bit of a problem with it. Like I I know what you're where you're coming from. And I, I definitely see that, but like, that's not, that's not the thing that like sticks in my craw about that. Right. The thing is that like, she is a Jedi. So when I see her doubting herself at the beginning of the movie and handing the lightsaber back to Leia and saying, I'll earn this. It's like, Ugh. first of all, why is it repaired? Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Just dumb. And second yeah. of all, you did earn it. 
Yes. When you said no to him in that moment, the easy path, the seductive path, the dark yes. side was to say, yes, I will go with you, Kylo Ren. I will become the Empress. I We will conquer the galaxy and bring order and I'm going to get revenge against Ankar Plot and everybody, whoever did anything bad to me. And like, like she could have very easily given into all of that. She doesn't. She stands up against it. She says, no, I am a Jedi just like Luke Skywalker was. And she walks away from him. Yeah. When I saw that clip of that scene, man, I was like, what nonsense is this? (laughs) Yeah. And it, yeah. So it just like to come back into rise and be, and have it be like, no, she still has a lot to learn, even though she's learning stuff from these books. And also Leia is training her. It's like, but you're ignoring what Yoda said. You're ignoring what he said halfway through that movie where he said, she already has everything she needs. And yes, she has the books. She stole the books. Yes, mm-hmm. that is a literal interpretation of what he says. That's not what Yoda is saying. I, I right. firmly believe that what Yoda is saying is she is a Jedi. She mm-hmm. only has to realize it. Just yeah. like you did and just like every Jedi before them has had to at some point. And it's like, like, Kanan has a, has a very similar moment, I, I in the in the temple on Lothal when when he's uh, facing uh, the the ghost of, of um, like that that vision of um, of the Grand Inquisitor from before he fell, right? Oh, yeah, that was who, a really cool scene. Who yeah. does end up knighting him by the end of it, and there is the ceremony to it, which makes sense because Kanan is the last of the old Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's the last that of we the, know of, of the currently in canon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, and then they, they introduce Cal Kestis, and they like he's yeah. this, which is just the same character again. But whatever, I like Cal Kestis as well. He's different enough that it's fine. Um, yeah, Kanan's so much better though. Uh, that's all Freddie Prince, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Though he's the best. I. Uh, but yeah, like like Kanan realizes in that moment that like that he's whether he's been denying it or not, he's always been a Jedi. Yeah. And, and whether he's, you know, like, Oh, he's still a Padawan. And it's like, no, you're not because you have been teaching Ezra and, and what he, cause there's throughout the first season of, of rebels, there's a lot of him going like, Oh, we got to find you a different master. I'm not a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I can't teach you. It'll, it's going to be Luminara. It's, it's going to be Ahsoka. It's going to be somebody else until that moment where it's like, no, it's you. Like you are, you are the Jedi Master that mm-hmm. that Ezra needs specifically. Like the Force put you guys together for a reason, and you've been a Jedi Knight since the moment that you stood on that platform on Kessel and you pulled that lightsaber back out and and made a stand, right? Like yeah. that's that that to me. You go back and you like look at that, and it's like no, that's the moment that Kane and Jarrus becomes a Jedi Knight, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, it's interesting because in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the fan fiction that I read, they always have it as um, Ben training her. Mm. And so you know, that's where my brain was. And so when they said Leia, I was like, oh well, okay. You know, I just assumed she was going to get everything from the books, or you know, eventually from him whenever he turned from the dark side but 
Yeah. You know, to randomly be told, oh, Leia's always been a Jedi, duh, and, you know, she's in these books, and she's yeah. training Rey, and I'm like, oh, okay, and they're like, Rey isn't self-confident anymore, and I was like, oh, See now, and 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 that's where in in the fan fiction that I'm writing, specifically in the art that I'm doing, because the 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 story that I'm doing is is I have to reconcile Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Right, I have to I have to finish everybody's stories because none of the trio stories are finished by that film; they're yeah. all left dangling. So so for me, for my own satisfaction, I have to I have to to put the periods on those sentences so that those characters can move on to the next stage of their stories. And so my, my fic is, is a lot about that, but it's also, it's also a lot about how Ben Solo comes back from the afterlife, right? Like it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's titled rebirth. That's what, which I just steal from green lantern and all the DC <laughs> stuff that uses that. But, but like, that's, that's the idea behind it. That's what I'm trying to accomplish is to wrap up, Finn's story to wrap up Poe's story to and to wrap up Ray's story and to bring Ben back. And then once Ben is back, that's the stuff that I've been drawing, which is um I have it flipped where it's like I have Ray is the Jedi master. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Ben is the one who didn't finish his training. And so she's actually like she's had these books for a couple of years at this point and she's going to complete his training because his training wasn't completed because Snoke said like, come like bring Kylo Ren back to me so that I can complete his training. So he, mm, but he, was his training only pertaining to the dark side? Well, or you know, it, in, it, well, mm. that's the whole thing is that it's very until, until JJ and Chris Terrio, mostly Chris Terrio ruined it. That was very Whoa. up in the air, whether or not Snoke was fully dark side or full, like, or whether or not yeah. it was a mix, like, anyways. Um, yeah. So I, w- I really would love to have a long conversation about fan fiction with you, but uh-huh. we've already been going for almost an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and my wife needs me to wrap up, so I'm going to okay. do that. This was a good episode. I really enjoyed this. And, I hope uh, people like it. And I, they're going to. I know they will. Uh, and we're gonna, you're going to come back. And we're going to talk specifically about fan fiction. And Sweet. I, I, yeah, talk about why. Because <laughs> it was something that I didn't understand before, much like the Kylo Ren uh-huh. stuff. But I'm, I get it now because of what I just said, which is that, like, ugh, there's a lot of stuff that I need to reconcile for myself in order to just move on with my own life. Well, it's a great platform to do so. Yeah. So we're going to have a whole <laughs> conversation about that. And hopefully by awesome. then I'll have... I'll have uh, I done a little bit more of that work and uh, and shared some of it with you. Um, Sweet. And we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I if people want to read some of your fan fiction, where can they find it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm known as Danny Marie, D-A-N-I-E-M-A-R-I-E, on um, Archive of Our Own, or AO3. Um, I have... Five works, uh, a version of episode nine, long before there was an episode nine. Um, I have a very low version of um, Blade Runner 2049. Um, I have a very low twist on Footloose. And then I have a personal story, <laughs> uh, a co-worker story, uh, Raylo. 
And then a, a, a little meet cute of Ray and Ben uh, visiting Batu um, at Galaxy, Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios. And they had a fun time there nice. pre-pandemic. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Awesome. I'm going to get you to get, send me some of those links. A, because I want to read that Blade Runner one. <laughs> I, I, and B, because I want to I want to tweet them out so that so everybody can go to to our Twitter to the the FMI Twitter, and uh, and 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 get the links to those um, if be. they are so inclined. Um, awesome. Well, Danielle, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you very this much. Was everything I wanted this conversation to be, except for the Yay. fact that I would like to talk to you for another hour and a half. But you are a few time zones ahead of me, so it's very late for you as well. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's almost eleven o'clock here. Yeah, so I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with my own kids that need to go to bed. Okay. Um, but uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed this this episode. I, yeah. I and uh, and yeah, look, you're coming back. We're gonna have you back. Awesome. To, there, we have so many more. It conversations was a blast. To have. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And yes, thank I, you. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.